Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. going on. So this last week, my mind has gone that way, it's gone that way, it's gone that way, I've been thinking what to preach about. And uh, I had another idea in mind than what I'm going to speak about this morning. And uh, so anyway, Mayette started playing the guitar and she started singing this song, you know, that we just sang. When we all get to heaven, what a glorious day it shall be. So every time she was singing this song, I started humming it or, or it started going around in my head. So when I, she get to the end of the verse and she said, what a glorious day it will be, I will go, it will be, you know. So I started singing this song little by little alongside her. So that made me steer my thoughts towards heaven and I suddenly I thought to myself well I haven't haven't, pre- haven't preached about heaven for a long time and I haven't heard anybody talk about heaven for a long time can you remember the last time someone spoke to you about heaven nobody oh that's interesting that's interesting has anybody here got any interest in heaven? Amen. I think we all should, should we, Bob? Because you're going to be spending a long time there. If you want to go there. If you want to go there. Anybody want to go to hell? No. None of us do. Lord, please help us to understand our future. Help us to know that we're going to be with you and we're going to spend a wonderful time with you in glory. We look forward to this wonderful place called heaven. And I know that the passage of scripture I read, it said that there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and the mystery of the future and what you have for us, Lord. It blows my mind. And I I pray that we would, and that you would help us to understand these wonderful promises that you want to bestow upon us all. We do thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So turn to 1 Corinthians, okay? 1 Corinthians, and there's a passage here, chapter 2. Verse 9. Now, the sermon has a couple of titles. It did have a title, but I changed it. And I'm going to tell you what my second title is. Here today, gone tomorrow. Is that okay? Are you happy 
to be here today? Will you be happy to be gone tomorrow? Because I spent a bit of time with Paul this week and we were reflecting on some of the, the uh, things going on in the world. You know, we've been thinking about, talking about some of the, the, the ideas, the behaviour of what's going on. You know, for the last two years, we've had this thing called coronavirus. And we've all gone through a roller coaster, up and down, and masker here, and mask over there, and sanitizer here, and a sanitizer there, a jab here, and a jab there. Haven't we all experienced some discomfort or displeasure in this coronavirus? We've heard one or two people have died. Um, through it, not many when you think about it, it's not many and I could go into further details if you would permit me but the thing is that's all gone by the by because this last week we have noticed that Vladimir Putin the Russian president or leader he started a war and he in starting this war, he laid out a threat. Nobody likes a threat, especially when it comes from a bully. And this particular threat, um, and I will paraphrase because I do not know what he said word for word, but he basically said to the whole world, I'm invading Ukraine, I'm going to do what I like, I'm going to take over the country, I'm going to fire a load of missiles, and if you want to get involved, you will see something in history, you will see something that's never happened before in history. Now, we could have a discussion about this, but what he's saying is that we, he would start a nuclear war because we have not seen a nuclear war. And it's never happened before on the scale in which he is threatening the West, as in the UK, America, uh, Australia, or, or, or the whole world. That's what he's doing. That's what he was saying. And so he's trying to frighten everybody so that he can do exactly what he wants. So I said to Paul, because we like to have a chin wag. You know, it worries me who is the leader of our country because that person is a bit up and down with his emotions. And I don't like the idea of him leading us in this particularly volatile situation. Because if he says the wrong thing, we can expect a nuclear warhead in London. I don't know, maybe you disagree with me, but that's what I think. So because I think that, the title is Here Today, Gone Tomorrow. What's the, are you happy with that? Maybe not. So therefore, I thought it would be a good to consider this place called heaven. Because if we're gone tomorrow, 
we need to know where we're going, don't we? The Lord Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me, trust also in God. Or trust in God, trust also in me. So he kindly promises us not to be troubled, not to be in despair. Because we shouldn't worry about someone like Vladimir Putin because forget Putin, there is a devil on the loose and the devil is wanting to seek to kill, to steal and destroy. And therefore, he could be on our case. And so we shouldn't worry about Vladimir. Let's trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. So heaven is a place where believers go. That's what it is. Let me say this to you from the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. And the word says this, Paul, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't that a comforting thought? I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love God? Well, we all do. Oh, thank you very much, Liam. Mm. He, heaven holds more wonders than you have ever, ever known. We have never seen heaven unless you've been up to something I do not know about. Reminds me when I was a young man, many, many years ago, I was in Dad's garage, used to have a load of motorbikes, and um, some of them went better than others, but I spent time back in the late 80s, 87 it was, working on my motorbike, had a dented petrol tank, and I was rubbing it down and filling it, and getting my spray cans, and I was doing up my motorbike, one of them, and I was listening to the radio. Dad had an old valve radio from years gone by, like one of these antiques. And um, there was a chat show on the radio, a mystics program. And a little old lady phoned up and said, Hello. And they said, Hello, who's that? Oh, it's me. I wanted to tell you that I... I went to hospital because I'm very, very ill and frail. And while I was laying in the bed, my spirit came out of my body, she said. Well, I was working on my petrol tank and I said, I said, what? I heard her say this, my spirit came out of my body, she said, and my spirit was looking down at my body and my spirit started talking to my body, she said. And I was listening to the radio. I thought, this, 
This is amazing, far out, I thought. And she said, do you know what happened next? And they said, what happened next? The people on the radio. She said, my, my spirit said, well, I can't live in you anymore. I'm going to have to go. Well, thank you for being there for me. Thank you for letting me live in you. That was the spirit, her spirit talking to her body. And she said, do you know what happened next? They said, what happened next? She said, my spirit went straight to heaven. This is what she said. I don't know. No, it wasn't a Christian program. No, but it made me think about heaven. And she said, she met the Lord Jesus. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I wasn't a Christian. But I was fascinated that this old lady... Her spirit left her body and went to be with the Lord Jesus. And she said that the Lord Jesus said, well, he said, there's a place for you here, but the time is not right. The time, is, this is what she said. And it, I mean, I was gripped to the radio station. And she said, my spirit came back to my body. And she woke back up in hospital. Now, you could say, well, I don't believe that, John. Well, it doesn't matter. The what point is, she might have just had a dream. She might have been on morphine or drugs, I don't know. And that doesn't matter either. What matters is, it planted a seed in my heart that Jesus was there and that Jesus is real, you know? And I was fascinated. And she said, the smell of the flowers... The beauty of the flowers was wonderful. I remember those words. What I'm saying is, heaven. It led me there, Mayette. It led me there. It didn't make me a Christian. I just was fascinated by what she said. Now, what I'm trying to say is, heaven is a beautiful place. And in the few words that she said on the radio... It was, she said it was wonderful. The smell of the flowers, the colour of the flowers was wonderful. And our imagination, when we come up against something like that, it, it blows our mind. And our thoughts are, are overwhelmed with what is going on in the world beyond. You know? So what I want to do today is just ask some questions. And these questions need to have answers to help us understand that heaven is our eternal home. So I have a, my first question is this. How can heaven be a home for sinners? That's my first question. And this answer is found in God's amazing grace. That's where the answer is found. Do you know, not one of us really deserves to go to heaven. Did you know that? And you might say, why? And, and I would say, we read this verse last week, or verses, that we've all sinned. And we've all fallen short of God's glory. So, therefore, none of us deserves to actually go to heaven. 
Because in heaven, God abides. And God is holy. And God, with God, there is no sin. He's got no sin in him. And he cannot, he cannot be in the presence of sin unless there's been the sacrifice of blood, which is the Lord Jesus, what he did on the cross. But the point is that each and every one of us have stumbled in life's race. That's what we've done. God's grace, and it is by his grace alone, is our unmerited favour towards us. And that's what gives us an opportunity to go to heaven. Turn with me to Titus, just after Timothy. Titus 3. Verse, let me read it, 4 and 5. Titus 3. I'll read from the beginning of Titus, uh, from chapter 3. And it says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Saviour, towards men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. God has saved us. God has paid the price for us. He's done it all. And this means that all our sins can be forgiven. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful, I said. Well, I can see you're all jumping for joy. <laughs> God can forgive all of our iniquities. Isn't that wonderful? You're right, Bob. You okay? Do you need a drink or anything? Okay. Turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. The first five verses. It says this. That you can read the whole psalm. But we won't. 103. Bless the Lord. O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives 
all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God is able, even David knew back in his day, that he is able to forgive all our iniquities. And it says somewhere else in that psalm, as far as the east, I mean the sun rose in the east, did anyone see that this morning? No, I did. I did. It's in the east. Even the Philippines, it rises somewhere over in that part of the world. And it sets in the west. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How wonderful is that? His grace, his grace is sufficient for all of us, for you, every one of us, and for me. We have the songbooks over there, and I was going to get one out, but I'll leave it because I don't want to take up your time. But John Newton, the writer of that hymn, Amazing Grace, he knew and he recognised that as a slave trader, a man that went to Africa and, and got black African people and took them to the West Indies, a, a man that knew what sin was, a man that knew what it was to violate the commandments of God, he recognised that God could forgive him and that he, as a sinner, forgiven, could go to heaven. And it overwhelmed him so much that he wrote those words, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And in that hymn, if you follow through the verses, you will see that he sees himself in heaven. He says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. He's singing. He's worshipping Jesus in heaven. He sees into the future and he puts those words into that hymn. I wonder what the BLM would say if they knew everything about John Newton. The BLM, I'm getting political, the Black Lives Matter movement. What would they say that this slave trader should be forgiven and go to heaven and sing praises to God for 10,000 years or more and more? So my next heading is another question. And it is this. How can one be sure of reaching heaven? Is that a good question? God promised heaven to those who would trust in his son. That's all you've got to do. Trust in Jesus Christ with all your heart. 
and lean not on your own understanding. You can trust him. You can follow him. Some people say, well, I'm not a bad person. I never hurt anybody. I'll help an old lady across the road or an old man. <laughs> Some people say, I'm all right, mate. I haven't hurt a fly. I haven't told a lie. Well, that's a lie in itself, isn't it? <laughs> Some people could say all these sorts of things to try and con their way into heaven. But Jesus said, no one comes to God except through through me, didn't he? Therefore, your good works is not going to get you into heaven, is it? Well, we know that from reading that classic passage, 2 Corinthians, I mentioned it last week, for by grace have you been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It says, verse 9, not of works. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do, and it says here, lest anyone should boast. Any boasters here this morning? Anyone want to boast in their own works, whatever good you might have done this last week? It won't take you to heaven. All right, all right. There is only one way, people, and that is you have to have the spiritual birth. You were born once. Everybody here was born once, weren't you? Yes? You have to be born again. Isn't that interesting? You, does that mean we get back into our mummy's womb? Well, I can't get back into my mum's womb. She's six foot underneath the earth. How can I get back into her womb? So I can't be born again that way, can I? Don't even think about it. Because if you go to your mum and say, Mum, I want to get born again, <laughs> can we work something out? She's going to slap you, isn't she? You know that. So a religious man by the name of Nicodemus has a conversation with the Lord Jesus about being born again. And what does it mean to be born again? This religious man asks. And it's all to do with having a spiritual rebirth. Can you connect with Jesus can you find out who Jesus Christ is and get to know him? And if you can, the Holy Spirit of God will come upon you. I've been working with a man. He is such a blasphemer. He takes the name of the Lord in vain. And it has irritated my soul. And I've told him, stop it. And every time he did it on site, I'd say, oh! I tell him off. And one day, it was on Tuesday, he was plumbing 
And he was struggling. You know what a plumber is, don't you? He was welding and soldering these copper pipes and he was getting frustrated. And I heard him shout out, Oh! You know what I'm saying? And then these, in the, he knew what he did. I didn't say anything. And I heard these words, Sorry, John. Come from the kitchen. And that made me happy. It made me happy, Bob. Because he was learning to repent. He was learning to change his way. Have you done that? Have you changed your way? Have you repented of your sins? Because that shows that the Holy Spirit is at work in your heart and in your life. That is a spiritual rebirth to be born again. There's a little bit more to it, but we don't have to go into those details right now. How can one be born again? Well, I've just shared a few words with you. But if we look at, while we're on this page, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not Perish, everlasting life. Thank you, Liam. You want everlasting life? You want to be born again? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I've said it a few times already. The new birth comes through trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been born again? Each and every one of you? We know Jephro is a very studious young man, don't we? And we, we look to the future and think that kid's got a bright future because he's very, very talented in his academia. That's what I would say. But to be born again, guess what? You don't need no GCSEs, Jephro. You don't need an A-level. You don't have to go on any training courses, do you, Paul? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So, can I ask another question, which is my last heading? When do the saved arrive in heaven? Have you ever thought of that? I'll tell you the answer. Save people, go to heaven immediately after death. Isn't that a comforting thought? Do you want to be hanging around some sort of, um, what do they call it, limbo land? Purgatory. Purgatory? 10,000 years, may it? Depending on how much you pay. How much? Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah. It's true. There is the Catholic Church teaches. I'm not trying to upset anybody that might believe in the Catholic Church, but it does teach that you've got to pay money. It's called indulgences. Yes? That's what Martin Luther got upset about. You pay much, 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 much money and you do less time in purgatory. 
Instead of doing 50,000 years, if you pay me 50 quid, Mick Tipper, I can get it reduced down to 10,000 years. You're not having that, are you? Exactly. That is it. Your last breath on earth, yeah, you got <gasps> the next breath will be celestial air in heaven. You can sign, have a sign of relief. So it will be <gasps> in heaven. Nice breathing celestial air. No pollution in that celestial air. So to be absent from the body in this world is to be present with the Lord in the next life. Do you want some of that? I heard it said this way. There's Dad, yeah? He's with his wife, right? They've got a couple of kids, Jephra and Jezreel, right? They've gone out for the day. This is when they're little kids, not now. Jeffro's a bit too big now, right? But They've gone out for the day. The kids are little. They've gone round to see Annie and Steve. And they're having dinner at Annie Steve's house. And they're having a birthday party like they normally do if it's Annie's party, yeah? And they're playing games and things like that. And there's all the other kids, Rhea and, and Ramel's kids, yeah? Everybody's there, right? Okay? And so they all get tired because they're playing games. And they get a bit worn out. And so Joey, Daddy, he got to pick the kids up because they're, they're falling asleep. And he picks them up and he puts them in the car in the back seat. Yeah? Jezreel and Jeffro. They're snoring away. They're tired. All the kids are tired. Jeff, uh, Ramel's and Rhea's and, and, and Leo's kids, right? They're all tired. So they're all gone to sleep. And they're in the back of the car and they've been driven home, right? By Dad. And when they get home, what does Leo or Joey and Ramel do? They get the kids in their arms and they carry them up to bed. And they put them in bed. Yeah? And they wake up in the morning, and guess what? They wake up in bed, in their little bedroom. And they are in the place where they want to be. Do you understand me? When you die, the angels in glory will take us and carry us to Abraham's bosom. We will be with the Lord. Our last breath on earth will be followed by our next breath in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? That is what I expect. So, can I say this? Another question. Does this mean that arrival in heaven is better than survival here on earth? It's interesting, isn't it? When I had my accident, when I had my accident, I nearly died. In fact, I was hanging on alive by a thread. I had a bad accident once, Marjorie, and I got run over by my own truck. Broke 23 bones, punctured my lungs. I was on life support for two weeks. I'm glad someone didn't pull the plug out. 
because I went to visit somebody in intensive care three months before my accident. And that person's name was Chris. He split one of his vital organs in his body. He hurt himself. And they had him up in intensive care. And I went into the intensive care and I saw all these machines, like the space shuttle, driving gear, you know. And there he was, in a coma on the bed. And I was thinking, that man, what's happened to him? And do you know what? After five days, he did not progress. His body did not respond to the treatment he was having. So about the seventh day... They made a decision. They pulled the plug out. Well, I know he come to a couple of Bible study groups, but I don't know, and I don't remember him ever giving his heart to Jesus. If that's the case, your eternal state is in your own hands. And I don't want to... Trust my eternal state in my own hands. I want to put my trust in Jesus, who is able to forgive me for my sins. Yes. What awaits us there beyond the grave is going to be better than anything you know, than anything you've ever experienced. It will be better than anything You've trusted in your wildest dreams. The comforting words, I hope they are comforting words to you, will dry your eyes. As we read in that passage, he will wipe away every tear from our eye. He will erase all of our fears. That's what Jesus will do for us. I brought a book with me, and I don't know where it's gone. And there was something I wanted to read out of that book. Here it is. Here. Let me find this little story. Heaven is our home. And where is that little story that I saw? Heaven is going to be our home forever and ever, Bob. And that story is gone. Oh, here it is. Heaven. It has been said that the light of heaven is the face of Jesus Christ. The joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus Christ. The melody of heaven is the name of Jesus Christ. The harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus Christ. And the theme of heaven is the work of Jesus Christ. The employment of heaven is the service of Jesus Christ. And the fullness of heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It's all about Jesus. And if you're interested in Jesus and following Jesus, he is there. I can't wait till we meet him and be with him forever and today. Are you today, are you sure of heaven? Is it your destiny? Is it 
Is it what drives you on? Is it what leads you on? Heaven is our home. And we can get there by trusting our Lord, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. If there are questions in your mind and in your heart, if you are like doubting Thomas, Lord, I don't know the way. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you've gone. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life, he says. And there has never ever been any other leader amongst mankind that has ever said those words. I am the way, the truth and the life. If we trust him, we will arrive in heaven right on time. Lord, we do pray to you. We do thank you that in a world of uncertainty, even a world of darkness and, and hatred and evil, pain and sorrow and tears upon tears that we might have shed, the, the anguish that goes on in our lives, through trouble, through strife. Lord, we're just so thankful that you are there and that you are preparing a place for us and that you will come back again sometime soon and take us to be with you. We cannot wait, Lord. We might be here today. We might be with you tomorrow. We look forward to the hour, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this last song with me, yeah? Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 11.30 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.